Hey everyone, Daniel Ramsey here from My Outdesk. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited because I got my guy, Marvin Mitchell here. He's from Compass Retirement Solutions. Marvin, uh, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. Ah. I, you know, I love your book. Uh, okay, good. We're going to talk about that and everything else. Now, what's cool about you is you're a financial advisor and, and you're here right. as a, a My Outdesk client. So I want to break that down, man. Let's right. talk real quick about how you got into the business and then what you're up to today. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I had no intentions of being a financial advisor, um, Daniel, to be quite frank with you. I started my career um, due to tragedy. Um, I was the, I was a uh, a son born by a single mom. Mm -hmm. She was only 16 years old. She became mm -hmm. pregnant with me. Yep. By the time she was 23, 24, she had me and my two younger sisters and we grew up homeless. We struggled. She got divorced and we were in a shelter. And because of that, I had to move in with my grandmother and, and my sisters did as well. And my grandmother, she taught us a lot of values. Mm -hmm. um, and because of my grandmother, her name was Betty, became the first person in my family to graduate from college. Um, mm -hmm. Graduated from Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville, went to Texas to attend law school. Nice. Never thought about becoming a financial advisor until my grandmother became sick. She got some bad advice. Um, she ran out of money because of a stock market crash. She had no long-term care insurance. And when she passed away, she felt like she was a burden. So I decided to go into the industry, really in memory of my grandmother. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions I could ever make. And and it turned out to be a really, really, really powerful life change for me because thank God I didn't have to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You know, it's funny how we always go into school thinking we're going to be one thing and then we end up a right. totally different path. That's amazing. By the way, I have a grandmother named Betty. This is really? crazy. I'm not kidding wow. you. Her I knew I liked you for some reason. I, That's yeah. a <laughs> um, okay, so great. Out of, out of tragedy, you kind of made this life change and career move. Where are you today? Uh, one of the things I, I want you to talk about, sure. you know, the TV stuff that you do, the books that right. you've written. I, I really respect how you generate business and revenue and grow your company. So yeah. let's break that down. Where are you today? Well, today, um, in fact, 2017, we were actually ranked as one of the top five financial advisors in the country by Retirement wow. Advisor Magazine. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't win, but we came close. I believe we ended in the top three. Yeah. Um, we actually, um, um, in revenues, we're doing about $2.7 million in revenues right now. Have eight team members in addition yep. to myself. Got a couple other advisors who, who are working in our particular office. I'm not the smartest person in my office. Uh, we do about 80 public events per year where we educate the community. We also have a TV show and it's not really a TV show. Uh, what we do is we're actually part of the news. So about two or three times a week, we'll come in for a live interview. Um, and actually we paid for that initially, yeah. but they liked our content. So they actually brought us back on to do it for free as part of the news station. Nice. So that worked out pretty well. So I've authored three books now. Um, we, do a, um, we do a radio show. So we're on the radio three times a week. And really it's all about just attracting business to us and becoming a local quote unquote celebrity. I still don't like looking at myself that way, but, um, and, and, and really we don't do cold calls or anything like that anymore. We just attract business by giving away our books. And once we get that lead, that's where my out desk comes in because the virtual assistants, they're following up on those leads, getting them on our calendar. And, um, that's really making our time more efficient, saving us literally hours of time because we don't have to skim through all of those individuals to find the most qualified people 
We built a targeted system that pre-qualifies those individuals through technology. Virtual assistants contact the people who are pre-qualified, set 15-minute retirement income strategy sessions, and we call those retirement income strategy sessions um, appointments, and we set face-to-face -face meetings. And typically when they come in, they're ready to go because we've already qualified. Right. I love it. One, one thing that's very cool about our business is that you and I run them very similar, which is oh, why, really? yeah, I mean, we're an inbound marketing company too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we create content, people come in, we hopefully help them. We do a strategy session. It's right. a very similar model. And I think it's the, it's the, it's way most businesses are moving these days. Mm -hmm. When you first came to us though, we had some work to do and I want to talk right. through that. Right. I want to talk right. through that because so, uh, it'll so be I'll helpful. tell you, it was a it was an accident that I got on a call with uh, with Daniel. Um, so I, I hired a virtual assistant, and the virtual assistant they they set me up, and basically your company set me up with a one on one orientation. Yep. And I got an email, and I believe that email was from someone on your team talking about the the, the one hour conversation with you. And I was yep. confused. I thought I was walking into a normal orientation, but I was actually talking to the guy. Yeah, yeah. At my out desk, which was pretty cool. And and basically, as we were conversating, you told me a couple of things that I really think helped me. Um, yep. First off, I only was going to hire one virtual assistant. And yep. you challenged me to say you typically you always want to hire two people because you want them to be almost in friendly competition against one of one another and, and kind of raise that level. So we we actually took you up on that. We hired two. Yep. Second thing that you told me is that I think you'll get more response from um from people setting meetings if you actually name your process. And we didn't have a name for it. We just said, hey, if you want a complimentary consultation, click here. Right. And we made one simple change. We called it a 15 minute retirement income strategy session. Mm. Um, and it, it was a game changer because by calling it a 15 minute strategy session, who doesn't want a 15 minute retirement income strategy session? They're already interested in retirement. They, they requested our book. So yeah, there was no intimidation by requesting that. And essentially once, once, once we get them on the phone call, um, they're, you know, unless there's anything standing in their way, they're coming in and they're setting them a meeting and they're going to become clients for the most part. Right. Right. What have been, what have been some of the biggest learnings that you've had since hiring virtual assistants to help and, you know, through this whole process, cause there is a, there's a lot of heavy lifting in making those calls. Right. There's a lot of conversations that have to be had. You got to chase mm -hmm. people from time to time. What has been your biggest learning? I think um, just watching the way that your staff and your team works. And, and what I mean by that is, is when I went through that orientation call, finally, it took me about two to three reschedules, but I finally did it. <laughs> and when I did it, they actually went through KPIs and what do I want my KPIs to be and how many phone calls do I want that virtual assistant to make? How many appointments do I expect that person to make? Um, what's their maximum value that they can add to the company? And, and really, I wouldn't have really thought about those particular questions because I never really obviously hired anybody, even out of state, nevertheless out of the country. Right. So what that, that sort of forced me to think of my company in a, in a structured way and to hold them to that particular standard. And I'll tell you, I took that and I actually brought it to my internal staff as well, because I really didn't have KPIs. I, I wouldn't know how to tell them if they're winning or losing because I didn't really have that down. Um, and I also realized that I was very ignorant, to be honest with you. I had no idea that in the Philippines, they pretty much had the same holidays we had. So it was, to me, the culture, it was it was a learning curve, realizing that it wasn't that big of a learning curve. 
-hmm. but I thought it would be a bigger learning curve. Um, I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I mean, I thought that the language barrier would be a huge hindrance um, on the performance. And I'll tell you, I have one person on my team that doesn't speak great English at all. I almost yeah. didn't hire her. Hmm. But I ended up hiring her because she had it heart. She had heart. She had passion. And when she started outperforming the other person, <laughs> um, and it kind of goes back and forth now, but I was very surprised. And, and it really, I really realized that, that language barrier wasn't a big deal. Because you got to keep in mind, in the financial industry, that was a huge limiting belief because we're managing millions of dollars. People are turning over their portfolio to us. So, right. you know, if someone calls with a language barrier, we automatically assume that they're going to look at us in a negative way, but it's, but I've gotten compliments. I mean, it's actually not been a bad thing. So for me, what I had to learn is not really what I had to learn. It's what I had to unlearn, yes. which was all of the limiting beliefs that were, that were in my head. Yeah. I love it. You, um, you got a copy of, of the book. We, we, we made yes. sure you had that. Um, we're going to give it away to everybody who's listening right now. We awesome. give it for free to our clients and, and we, we, we find it as a guide, but I'm curious as you went through it, what mm -hmm. were some of the big takeaways that you, you found from, from the book? You know, I saw a lot of myself and you, I mean, you talked about how you were at your, what your honeymoon. Yeah. And you were, and you were working. And then one of the people at the, at the bar said, what are you doing working? You're in your honeymoon. You yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and it, it really resonated with me because I'm, I'm a new father. I mean, I have a two year old and, but one of the biggest things that I also learned is, you know, you talked a little bit about in the Philippines. I didn't realize how their, their commute time oh. could be multiple hours. Yeah. So, you know, Obviously, if they get an opportunity to work from home, it's a benefit. It's a benefit for them in multiple ways. And um, just some of the different things that you could do. Like I said, I knew about, you know, I knew I wanted a sales person, so to speak, an inside sales agent. But I didn't think about some of the other ways to use a virtual assistant, such as marketing or such as, you know, administration work. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that I got out of this, once I got up and rolling, um, but someone from the Philippines as a virtual assistant, it really spread my limits because if I can manage something through a voice over IP in a totally different country, it really challenged me to be better internally with what I'm doing in my particular office. I mean, I can have someone in a different state to be a sales advisor if I can have yeah. someone in a different country making sales calls. I mean, so again, it just just really just spread my mind and, and, and gave me the, uh, the inclination of what's possible. Yeah, I love it. One of the challenges in our industry, and and I'm I identify as a finance guy because I I went to Sac State and I got a finance degree. And oh, nice. I, and so I, I don't I, have a finance degree, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do, and and but I like you. It wasn't where I landed because I like people, right? And right. so we're in the people business. Um, but one of the challenges in in that finance world is you know the licensing rules. And right. we've had multiple conversation with financial advisors, licensed folks, you know, whether it's a series seven or 63, mm -hmm. what would you tell somebody who is concerned about, you know, keeping in the licensing rules and laws right. with hiring a virtual assistant? All right. So you got, you got multiple worlds when it comes to becoming a financial advisor. So you do have the series seven world, which is the broker dealer world and that broker dealer world is very limiting 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. I mean, there's a compliant. I mean, there's not even necessarily compliance. There's always big brother is always watching. They, they yeah. don't want you to run your business. They want they want to run your business for you and they want to control you. Um, and you don't have a voice. I mean, there, there are some worlds you're not allowed to have a podcast. Right. You're not allowed to do a radio show. Right. So the best advice that I can give you, number one, if you have a good broker dealer, you can have a conversation and you can communicate with that broker dealer. You can let that person know that you're not doing any sales activity. I mean, you're not talking about any stocks or bonds or trading this or trading that. You're simply just cold calling, trying to get a person to set an appointment. That's a lot right. of times they will understand that. But if you really want my best advice, if I were to be candid, yeah, it would be to become an independent advisor so that <laughs> you can actually market yourself. You don't need your Series 7. You need a registered investment advisory. I dropped my 7. I came from a big financial firm because I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to get out there and do seminars. I wanted to do radio shows. I wanted to right. get out there and do things like hire virtual assistants without the big brother watching me. So sure. I'll tell you, the first year that I dropped my broker dealer and I became a registered investment fiduciary advisor, my income actually doubled because of what I could actually do now. And I wasn't allowed to do so beforehand. I mean, if you really want the, the candid feedback, that's probably the yeah. best advice I can give an, an advisor out there. Well, I love that. Okay, so let's break down your step-by-step process because sure. you do generate business differently than your peers in the industry. Right. You know, most financial advisors, it's relationship building. Right. You know, it's referrals. The CPA mm-hmm. gives you a referral and, mm-hmm. you know, the that's attorney and all that. Call and knocking on doors. Exactly. I mean, I've done it all. Yeah, I love and, it. And what I will tell you is um, what that does in the initial stage, it builds character, but eventually you have to realize that you're not leveraging your time. Mm-hmm. You're not leveraging your energy. Yeah. There's so much more that you can do. I mean, you're, you're worth so much more than making cold calls all day. So eventually attraction marketing is something that has to take, take place and also getting help with that conversion where you're not doing all of your conversion work comes into play as well. So just to let you know, uh, financial advisor, advisory firms, we're like dinosaurs. Like We don't yeah. adopt any of these things that, that we're talking about doing. And, and what I was smart enough to do is realize that the financial advisory world was not going to take me to the next level. Mm-hmm. So I began to look at what who, who's doing this right. Who's actually contacting people right away. And what I found is that the real estate world, which a lot of you are probably involved with, as well as the... Um, car sales world, actually, they do follow up really, really well. We don't as financial advisors. So I I went on a long journey to find out what is the real estate world doing that we're not doing as financial advisors. And follow up was key. I mean, mean, real time follow up, calling that individual as soon as we get that lead. We waste so many leads. And that's really how I came across um, my outdesk. Yeah, because I, I know that primarily you worked in the real estate industry, and um, and I and I said, look, I know I'm not in the real estate industry, but I believe that you all could help me. That's right. And you all customize some things just for me in the financial advisory world, and uh, and that's really what I'm doing well right now. It's just a follow up. So from a traction market standpoint, how can I say something one time and have it carry over on m- multiple outlets and do marketing multiple times? off one simple three-minute segment? How can I create a blog out of that? How can I create a book eventually from that? How can I create a podcast? How can I create content? And and essentially, that's what we do. We attract people, and when they come to me, we're already credible. They already know us, 
So all we have to do is essentially just talk to them and they essentially they become clients eventually. Yep. What are some of the challenges that you've experienced so far with using my outdesk and, and what has been some of the more difficult? I, I, I just yeah. want people to know what they're getting into. So I'm, I'm one of those weird sales guys, right? You right. know, that wants you to know the whole enchilada before sure. you buy it. So I'll tell you what I slack at. And, and I say I, because really I'm responsible for, for, for my lack in this particular area. Yep. If you really want to have a good, not just virtual team, but just any team, communication is key. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe daily meetings are mm-hmm. key, not for long, maybe 10 or 15 minutes just to get that person on the same page, sitting, sitting some time aside every week to talk about key performance indicators, to do role play, to do training. Those things are key. And I'll tell you, I fall short on that a lot of yep. times. And, and what I've done is I've I've really appointed somebody else in my office to sort of be the quote unquote manager to do a lot of these meetings. Because when it was up to me, I would set a meeting, something would come up, I would counsel it. It's not very, it's not a lot of integrity doing that. And I'll tell you, when you don't, when you're not training, I noticed that our numbers started to slip a lot. Mm -hmm. When we went back to doing these role plays, you know, quite ironically, the numbers picked back up. So you need to make sure that when you hire anybody, especially a virtual assistant that's not right there in your face. We got to make sure that we're sitting at time to train, to develop, to teach. Yeah. And if you're not, you're, you're wasting it, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that we do on a consistent basis is just video calls, like when the one that we're doing right, right now. We just do a video call and there's training and, and reviews. Sometimes I'll pull calls and listen. In fact, mm-hmm. I have a sales guy right now that I'm, I've got to listen to his call and, and help him win. And right. I think a lot of folks, especially when we're entrepreneurs and we're building businesses and training other people, it's not the funnest job, right? It's not the right. thing that you love doing. You like meeting new people and interacting. So you're, you're spot on with the communication. What about- And I'll also, say, I'll also say, you know, there's a thin line between uh, being a micromanager and totally abdicate. abdicate. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you don't have to check in with them every you know, 15 minutes or anything right. like that. They know their KPIs. If they know their KPIs and, and what they're supposed to do, they're going to do it. But at the same time, don't fall into the trap that I fell into. They start doing a great job for a long time. And I say, oh, I don't need to check in with them. They're doing pretty good. I don't check in with them. And eventually I get upset because the numbers start dropping. Well, the numbers drop because I drop. I stop. You have to inspect what you expect. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, I love it, man. That's good. What what systems do you have to set up in order to make this work to have a virtual team? So this is not necessary, but I'll tell you what we did because I wanted to leverage the virtual virtual team. So initially when I first started, basically every lead went to that virtual assistant. Yeah. And they were doing a great job. They were setting appointments, but here's the problem. They were setting appointments, but a lot of those people were not qualified because I really didn't pre-qualify those individuals. Mm -hmm. Now there's two ways that you could do this. You could train your virtual professionals to pre-qualify. Yep. Or you could have a system to pre-qualify before it even goes to your virtual professionals. And that's what we decided to do. So we use Infusionsoft. Yeah. And what we did in Infusionsoft is we created web forms in order for somebody to sign up. And I give away a free book. I have two free books. One book is called Retire Early, The Nine Critical Decisions When Retiring Early Before 65. Then another book I have is called Mistake-Free Retirement. So we'll actually give away as a lead magnet those books. But before they can actually get that book, they have to give us their phone number, their, their address, their email, 
Um, do they have over a certain amount in assets? Yes or no. Yeah. Um, are they over a certain age? Yes or no. So what we do is if they answer satisfactory for those particular questions, yes, yes, then only that lead goes to the virtual professional. Yeah. Everybody else just goes into my long-term nurturing drip system. And what that has done is, is that when we get those appointments set, 15-minute strategy review sessions called uh, from those virtual professionals, we know that it's a qualified person already. Right. They don't have to spend their time pre-qualifying. And you also got to think about this. Every single call that they make is a quality call because right. it's a quality person. Right. And when it comes to us, we know that we've set a meeting with a quality person. And I'll tell you, since I've been doing that, um, Daniel, our average case size last year used to be 325. We've been doing this now for about 325,000. We've been doing this for about four months now. Our average case size has increased to about 850,000 because we're only dealing with people that we've already pre-qualified. We know how many assets they have already. And you get paid as a percentage. I mean, you get paid the assets under management. So this is a direct reflection of a three X of your revenue since last year. Same word three X. I mean, you got to think about this. It's just like, you know, if you're selling a real estate building for 800,000 versus a hundred thousand, you might do the same work, but the commission right. is a lot bigger on that $800,000 home. Same yep. thing with us. If we get a bigger client, the problems are the same. And, and I'll tell you this, Daniel, surprisingly enough, uh, the bigger accounts are, are a lot lower maintenance yeah. than a smaller account. So it's, it's a no brainer. The problem was, is how do we actually filter the non-qualified people through our system without wasting hours and hours of our time? And now right. that we filter people throughout that process, um, how do we spend the time with those particular people more? And I love that. I love that. Well, because it would be like us saying, you know, we want new clients, but not asking people if they owned a business and needed talent, you know, right. you got to know your basics. I love that. Um, well, we're going to wrap up Marvin, but you, sure. you definitely have built something special. I love what you're doing. I believe that you're going to, you're going to be past the $5 million mark this year, which Thank is an you. incredible growth. Um, what advice would you give to other financial advisors out there who are considering the, the hiring virtual assistants for their business? Well, the first thing I'll say is that um, perfection is the enemy of being great. Mm. I mean, you're not going to be perfect. It does take time. I mean, we in the financial advisory world, we all want immediate satisfaction. But I'll tell you, immediate satisfaction will keep you yearning for immediate satisfaction. At some point, you need to build systems. You need to build structures that are going to take you out of the equation. Um, my advice would be just like Nike, right? Just do it. What's the ah. worst that can happen? You have to tweak it along the way. You don't yeah. fail until it's over, right? You just keep tweaking. You do it. You fail. You tweak. You do it. You fail. You tweak. You do it. You fail. You tweak. And that's how you learn. So my, my, my um, deal would be to go for it. Worst case scenario, you lose a little money. Guess what? The education will be worth. We spent more than that on a, on a, on a bachelor's degree and we didn't learn anything. Uh -uh. So, <laughs> you know, so that's my advice. I love it. What do you, um, what's, what do you believe the return on investment has been? I mean, you pay, right. you know, the, you're 1747 a month. Mm -hmm. That's what you spend. So it's a right. little bit more than $400 uh, a week for right. each person. What what do you believe your return on investment is? Well, I'll give you an example, um, really quick. So, literally, right before this this um, this webinar, yeah, I was just meeting with a client, rushing that particular client. It wasn't a client; it was actually a new prospect that just became a client. Yep. So this person was set 
by a virtual professional. So 15 minute appointment set by a yep. virtual professional. We called that person. We would have never gotten in touch with that person had it not been for the virtual professional setting that particular appointment. Just closed that case about what, half hour ago, right before the call? Yeah. What that will pay me, to give you an example, on that $2 million, it's gonna pay me a revenue of about $43,000. Now you think yes. about that. I pay what is about $21,000 per year for a virtual assistant. We have two. So basically that one client just paid for both virtual assistants. For the rest of the year. For the rest of the year. And we've been in this now for about what, three months now. Yeah. So they're paid for. So everything else is icing on a cake. So we'll probably, I can't even tell you what our ROI is going to be toward the end of the year because it's going to keep building momentum as the year goes along, but it's definitely going to be more than about 20 to one. What do you think stops financial advisors from doing this? Because you are definitely a pioneer. You're definitely right. at the cutting edge of what's new in the business, having Infusionsoft, creating yeah. content to attract business rather than right. chasing business and hiring virtual assistants to help in your sales funnel. That's Those are three massive things right. that most financial advisors just have never wrapped their brains around. Well, I'll tell you what, what held me back. I mean, granted, I know I sound like this innovative pioneer, but I'm just as afraid of everybody as everybody else, right? So yeah. my, my, some of my biggest stumbling blocks in hiring a virtual professional, especially for my outdesk in the Philippines, is I was afraid of the language barrier, Yep. to be quite candid with you. You know, we have people investing millions of dollars. So what are they going to say when they hear someone with, with a foreign voice on the phone? Are they going to yep. even take us serious? Will it actually minimize us. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I had was, oh my God, this gives me two more people to manage. I don't want to be a, a manager. You know, all of those things came into play. And really, how do I even keep a virtual professional busy? I mean, I think right. that's the biggest thing that, that holds us back. Do we want to pay for somebody full time? Because is there even enough work to go around? I'm sure you've heard all of these things before, Daniel. I'm not telling you anything new. And what I found is, is really all of those things were just limiting beliefs that were in my head. Once I actually got started, not only do people not care as much about the language barrier, but believe me, they work a lot harder than some people locally. <laughs> so, so they're going to be on the phones. And even if they don't have the best um, accent, guess what? They're going to work hard and they're going to overcome that accent with hard work. Um, I was very surprised by that. That was one of my surprising things. Mm -hmm. Also, the work from a standpoint of, will I have enough work for them? Absolutely, I'm almost thinking about bringing somebody else on because I'm thinking of more things that can get done. It really opened up my world that if I can actually have a person in a different country working, surely I can have someone local or in a different state as a sales professional working without me being there every day. So right now, it's actually expanded my mind to the point, but right now I'm local. Within the next three years, we will be a national company. Wow. You know, it's, it's given me that insight. And also, you know, it's helped me to manage my voice over IP system. I, I know I now know how to manage my own employees better because I know how to do key performance indicators, which mm -hmm. I didn't really do that beforehand, but it's really helped me with their system and their structure. They're so organized and they train those virtual professionals so well. It's really carried over into my day-to-day -day activities on my particular jobs. I love it. Okay. So if somebody wanted so to get a hold of you, just do it. I love Great. it. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, Marvin, and pick your brain and talk Great. to you a little bit, how would they? Yeah, you can actually reach me on my, if you go to my website, which is www.compassretirementsolutions.com. 
Mm -hmm. um, you can actually get right in touch with me. You can fill out the contact us form. We would love to talk. I'm, I'm always open to talking to other entrepreneurs. We also have a book, as I mentioned, a retire early, uh, which is uh, nine critical decisions when retiring before 65. Yep. You can actually go look at some of my TV interviews just in case you're curious and actually request a copy of that book for free, complimentary. Nice. You simply just go to fox2now.com slash retirement. That's yep. F-O-X, the number two, now, N-O-W, dot com slash retirement. And you'll actually be able to access some of my interviews as well as my, a copy of my free book as well. I love it, man. Well, Marvin, once again, I really appreciate you being here. Um, if, if you're listening, I would take Marvin's advice and just do it. We offer a free consultation where we just make sure you're a fit for hiring virtual assistants, talk about your systems and process, look at your org chart, and really help you kind of codify in your brain and in your business what you would you would really need to hire somebody and be successful. We like our clients when they're happy like Marvin is because great clients mean lots of referrals and growth and you know clients that have a bad experience well those those companies are out of business now you know so definitely grab um, grab one of our consultations you can do so by just getting a copy of our free book and Marvin, you should check this out. So okay. if you want a copy of our book, you can text uh, SVP, so oh. scale with virtual professionals, S as in Sam, V as in Victor, P as in Paul, to 31996, and you'll get a copy of our free electronic book, and you can get a consultation right after that if you wanted it. Um, and basically the book is 13 years of my life poured into love, all the charts, everything you need for successful implementation of virtual assistants to help you grow and scale your business. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man, for being here. Really appreciate you. And I love your line. Just do it. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate the time.